Welcome to the Worship Leader Toolbox Podcast. My name is Tim Price, and it's a joy to be here with you on a regular basis each, well, about every other Thursday, I guess, twice a month. We used to do it more often, and then we just kind of shifted gears. We do have a couple other podcasts. One is for ministry leaders. It's called Tim Price Go Harvest Podcast, and it is available about every other Tuesday. And then we have the Friday Morning Faithful Friday Devotion Podcast, about five minutes. I'd love to have you look those up and um, be a part of the community with us. You can find out all the details for each of those podcasts at harvestministryteams.com slash podcast. Or you can just search Tim Price Go Harvest or Faithful Friday. And since you're listening to this, you're obviously already on the Worship Leader Toolbox podcast, and we are grateful. And today, for worship leaders, I want to tell you and talk to you a little bit about how staying calm can help your team succeed. My name is Elizabeth West, and I want to welcome you to the Worship Leader Toolbox podcast, where our mission is to equip and encourage worship leaders and teams and practical components of local church worship. We're so thrilled to have you listening to our podcast, and our prayer is that it will be helpful to you and your teams. If you have any thoughts or questions, feel free to reach out to us at worshipleadertoolbox.com. We'd also be honored if you would subscribe and share it with others. Heading now to today's episode. If you've been around worship ministry leadership anytime at all, you know that there are times when things can get stressed and chaotic. Uh, there's a lot of reasons for this. Rehearsals and sound checks are often on a schedule, and at times the looming deadline of the service beginning very soon will just stress out any, it will kind of uh, it multiply the little things that are going wrong. And there are so many variables with all this. The worship team um, is in a setting that just has so many different pieces and, and people coming together, mostly volunteers, kind of bringing their gifts and their, their themselves to, to serve in kingdom work. But there's tech components and logistics, music selections, last minute changes, uh, personalities and, and styles of ministry. And you add all that together and a little bit of pressure to get something accomplished. And you have a recipe for stress and drama at times. Now, many Sundays, everything just kind of rolls along smoothly. And then every once in a while, you hit a hiccup. And when those pressures arise, one of the best gifts a worship leader can give to his team and the ministry in general is to remain calm. The truth is that one crazy mishap during worship service really isn't going to make or break your church. We don't want to live in chaos all the time, which is why advanced planning is so important. And you can go back to the very first podcast of our podcast here and listen to a little bit about that. But when something does arise, when some mishap does happen, we have no choice but to roll with it. And a calm worship leader can calm the crazy moments for your church and especially for your team members. Over the years, I'm not exactly sure why, but I've been told on more than one occasion that I have a calming presence. I know that's part of my personality and, and, and due in part to my style of ministry. And of course, I'm not you know recording this podcast so that you will feel like you need to become like someone else or be someone that you're not. But be aware that there are moments when you will need to be a calming presence. And I tried to think of some of the ways or some of the reasons why people think that I bring calm to some of these common stressful situations. So I thought I would just share, I guess, um, four of these today. 
And the first one is the issue of tech situations. Tech issues that kind of wreak havoc on either rehearsals or preparation for Sunday. And tech issues really can arise anytime, whether it's like a small battery going bad or a cable issue onto something major like a power surge or an internet outage. It can really be disastrous on Sundays if the wrong thing happens at the wrong time. But you as the worship leader can bring calm by trusting your tech team. I recently did a podcast on four ways to trust your team more. You can look back to find that a couple episodes ago. And really, when it comes to tech issues, you don't need 10 people standing back there looking over shoulders, stressing everybody out. Usually, your tech team is already in the mode of problem solving. And if it's during your rehearsal and they're trying to figure something out, then you as the worship team and leader can use your time wisely to talk through what you're going to be doing. Talk through keys, talk through flow. Use the time wisely, even if you can't start right away. And the other thing you can do as a worship leader to calm the situation is you can explain the issue into the mic so that the tech booth people hear it and so that everybody in their in-ears hears it or your whole team knows that, yes, we are waiting, but we are trying to resolve the issue. And um, maybe, you know, if it's just the keyboard player that's having the issue, then you can sort of say, hey, when you uh, guys get that solved, keyboard player, you can jump in with us, but we're going to go ahead and begin. There's a lot of ways that you can do it, but the key is communication. It's good during tech problems. And when the tech team does get things rolling again, you celebrate. You've trusted the team. They accomplished what they needed to accomplish. And so there are a lot of times in our ministry when we are giving a round of applause when the tech team pulls off something in the heat of the moment just before worship begins, or even during rehearsals when something gets fixed. Another way I try to keep calm during tech issues is to kind of in the microphone as the worship leader, just share quickly to the tech team and the people stressing out about whatever the thing is. I'll say something like, hey, thank you guys. If, if we need to purchase this or that to make things easier, to make things work better, send me a link and we'll see what we can do. And then the last thing I like to do is let people know that there's always a backup plan. You know, we're here, we're working on this. If everything goes awry and we can't get this to work today, then we'll just do something acoustic or we'll, we'll make some kind of memories because this is going to be different. And when you kind of have that expectation that church is going to be the church, no matter if we have tech stuff or not, and it's going to be a little different, but the worshiping congregation gathers to give the Lord praise. And there's a lot of ways to do that. It's true that um, tech crunches like power outages and strings breaking or other things uh, people almost seem to respond more from the congregation standpoint. I know this isn't exactly tech, but when I break a string, that's all anybody talks about at the event that I'm at. And that's always amazing to me because in my mind, it's stressful and it's terrible and it takes time and I'm often running around trying to figure something out while somebody's stalling. And, in, and for whatever reason, people that are watching think it's like a moment. And not that we want to break a string every week or have a power outage every week, but when the, those things happen, people respond. And every time it does, I'm always reminded of that scripture verse. In our weakness, he is strong. And um, so I just think that's awesome. So when tech issues happen, the worship leader can be calm in, in a number of ways. And I've mentioned some of those here. And then, of course, at the end of each of these four, I want to just remind us that if there are other 
teamwork kind of structural issues with your tech team, then you as the worship leader must address them. Because if your tech team is, you know, never prepared for the band or if everything is always kind of chaotic or, uh, you know, it's just not happening on a regular basis well, then you've got to work to pinpoint those needs and, and, and figure out a way to set the expectation and help them grow. If you have an on-top-of-things tech team, it's going to lessen the burden and the stress for everyone. They're a major player for the effective worship ministry in your church. But a lagging tech team will add heartburn to the situations each week. So offer your clear expectations, offer training opportunities, offer resources, and offer your support to your tech team and the leaders. All right, so that's number one, and that is one way worship leaders can help keep things calm. The second issue that may come up is musical snags. And I've had my fair share of times when I thought the music was worked out during the rehearsal, and then we show up on Sunday, and for whatever reason, something didn't click. We forgot a harmony part, or somebody needed to change a key at the last minute, or something happened. And, um, or maybe, you know, somebody's out for illness, they're sick and they were going to sing one of the songs and we had adjusted the key for a, a female voice or a lower voice or a higher voice. And all of a sudden they're not even going to be able to show up and we have to, uh, change things on the fly. Somebody else has to either lead it or we have to change the key again. Other times we've worked on harmony during a rehearsal and all of a sudden we get there on Sunday morning and for whatever reason, it just does not click. And, uh, and then maybe this example may fall into the uh, tech department, but sometimes our backing tracks or our monitor packet packs just won't adjust right, or we can't sync up right, or something isn't quite right. Everything was fine, and then the gremlins came in, and then it all falls apart, sort of seemingly. So um, when when uh, musical issues arise, we need to take a step back and once again talk through it. And so you can invest a few moments, even in your pre-service sound check, invest a few moments just to make sure that little thing is back together. So often I'll just say, hey, let's just pause here a second. Let's go through the vocals one more time just to see if we can get it. And if it doesn't come off quickly, we don't want to frustrate everybody 40 minutes before church. So uh, we'll just, you know, change and drop back and, and go a little more simply. We might sing that part in unison or we might double up on harmonies to make it easier, whatever's needed. And uh, we'll just stop for a minute and make sure that the vocals have it or the guitar lick got it back from, you know, the timing from the way we did it the other night and any number of things like that. Also, I'll, I've learned that, uh, if I, as a leader will ask the teams like, um, how did that line go again? It helps build a culture of teachability. And I don't want to fake that and, you know, just know the answer, but ask just to get people to talk. There's often times when all of a sudden I'll get to the bridge of a brand new song that we haven't done. And I'll just forget the lead into it or, or how the melody ended on the last line or whatever the case is. And so I'll just stop and I'll just say, how'd that go again? And, and some of the vocalist or band member will hum it and sing it. Oh yeah, that's right. And that I have learned helps people realize that it's okay to ask and get help and to serve together as a team to make it happen. So musical snags can be very frustrating, especially just before the service. But remaining calm and encouraging people to do their best will go a long way to just bring peace to the situation. So we're there to help the congregation sing, and we can make that happen in a lot of ways. And so that's what we do when something's not quite working. We just step back, make it work, or change it. And again, if there's somebody in your group who is consistently not learning their parts or not listening to the songs or whatever the case might be, 
then yes, that does need to be addressed and that does need to be challenged. And if a person isn't able to pull off the vocal or the part just before the service, then we can just kind of calmly state, and I've done this on several occasions, just matter of fact, make it clear. For whatever reason, I just sometimes say something like this. For whatever reason, this just isn't blending this morning. We don't want any barriers. We remove all the barriers we can. So for the sake of the congregation, why don't you just step back from the mic on this part and just model worship visually? Sing a little bit, but don't be close to the mic. For whatever reason, it's just not clicking. We'll try again. That usually works, and it kind of brings a little bit of peace to the whole ordeal. And most all of our team members are totally fine with that. All of them are, actually, 100% are fine when given that kind of direction for the sake of the congregation. Uh, in the blog post that you can find on worshipleadertoolbox.com, I actually italicized for the sake of the congregation because that's part of the culture I want to build in our teams and in your teams, that we are here to help the church sing and to worship the Lord and to engage with God's presence. And so that's why we're willing to do whatever it takes. Okay, number three, in terms of places where it's good for the worship leader to help keep things calm. And that is when we are missing a team member. So when a team member can't make it, then we all have to take it in stride. And one of the things that the pandemic did for a couple of years was made this more commonplace. If someone during the pandemic, and, and as a result, ever since, really, even feels a little bit sick, they, during the pandemic, were encouraged to stay home, and now there's a little more caution. Like, they don't want to spread anything around just in case. So there's no way around last-minute changes due to unforeseeable circumstances. But the first way a leader can remain calm is to answer the text or the phone call with a kind word. That needs to be your default every time you get a text that you dread. Like, oh, I was up all night, I'm sick, I'm not going to be able to make it. That is when you need to have a discipline of a kind word. Care more for the team member than for the bad situation. Say something like, oh no, take care of yourself, and I hope you get better soon. We will miss you, but we will hold the fort down. Don't worry at all. That is going to make the team member feel much better, and you're going to have a better rapport and relationship with your team when you have a kind word. From there, take a moment to quietly pray and just see what steps should be taken. So here are some of those questions I ask myself in last-minute changes like this. You know, a drummer can't make it, a bass player can't make it, a vocalist can't make it. There's various levels of the intensity of the need in those situations, but here are some of the questions. One, can someone else take their part or their role? One time I remember we had somebody that was singing, it was a student in our ministry, and the drummer texted at the almost last possible second, hoping, trying to come, but realized he was too sick and could not come. And so at the last minute, we um, invited one of the students who was just going to be singing that day to try out their skills on the drums. They played three songs. They did it wonderfully. They played with tracks. It was a gift that nobody even knew they hardly had. And it was a bit elementary, but it was on target and it worked. And it was a great opportunity for that student. So you ask the question, can someone else take their role? Number two, is there someone I can text to come in at the last minute? And you know your people better than anyone else. And you might know that some people will really revolt at that and will just uh, kind of, you know, misfire under pressure. They just couldn't imagine just stepping in. Other people in your group are fine with that. 
And I even try to include on many of our lists these days when I get information from people, I try to include a little spot that says, hey, check mark this box if you're willing to get last minute early morning texts if we have a need at the last minute. And a lot of people check that box. It's like a, it's just like a cool thing. Like um, it builds a lot of friendships to text people at quarter to seven in the morning on Sunday and say, hey, are you able to come? Number three, the next question I ask myself is, can we drop that segment or that song or that worship component? If somebody can't make it, do we need it to happen? And sometimes the answer is, well, yeah, we could do that next week if it's not you know, critical or crucial to what we're trying to accomplish that day. Number four, how can this situation bring God glory anyway? So I always remember the story of Gideon when people drop off. And I have people a lot of times wind up canceling. We have a lot of roles on every Sunday morning, various ministry groups, a lot of roles in our harvest ministry, which is uh, random events throughout the whole entire year. And between all those, the changes would boggle your mind. And if you're a worship leader, you know what I'm talking about, especially if you do rotating teams. But I always remember the story of Gideon in Judges chapter 6. In short, this guy starts with 32,000 in his army. And then through the process of the Lord kind of weeding it down, he gets to 10,000. And the statement from God's word is, if you win the battle with 10,000, you'll think it was in your own strength. So I'm going to whittle it down again. And, uh, and God did, got it down to 300. The army was 300, and then they won the battle. God wanted to make sure that they knew that when the battle was won, it was beyond a shadow of a doubt that it was God's strength in their lives more than in their numbers. So I always use this passage of scripture when people cancel out the last minute, and God always does seem to work it out often bringing solutions to situations that we could never have thought of and becoming helpful parts of our ministry in the future. I almost always use those times to either reach out to people, ask somebody something, see if somebody has a gift to play drums or play bass or sing this song in this key or whatever. So when team members go missing, the best way to stay calm is to really not stress out, to send them a kind word because they're also upset about missing as well. And then the biggest thing is just to matter of factly say, so-and-so can't be here. We're going to change gears a little bit. And I appreciate your flexibility as a team. Thank you for the way that you make things happen, no matter what the circumstance is. Celebrate that and encourage that. But like the other points in this post, there may be some times when team members begin to make a habit of not being there. And especially at the last minute. So it's understandable when somebody has to miss, but if someone begins to make that a habit, then it'll have to be addressed. If it happens more than a couple times in a short period of time, there's a good chance you're going to naturally back off a little and not schedule them as much. There may be something deeper going on, though, in their lives, and when something feels a little funky, it's a good time to engage. Give them a call. Just check in with them. See how everything's going. It's always good to start with your team member more than the production side of getting them there to serve. And then the last one and a bonus one right after this little commercial break. All right, so we have these ways that you can stay calm and help your team succeed in worship ministry. Staying calm when there's tech issues, staying calm when there are musical snags, staying calm when team members aren't available to come when you thought they were. And then the fourth one is staying calm when something messes up during the worship service. When something goes wrong during worship, this is definitely a time that you have to roll with it. And really, it's often the humble spoken word when things go wrong 
that works during worship. If the video didn't start, or the keyboard player begins the wrong song, maybe forgetting to transpose the keyboard back or something like that, you might, as a worship leader in those moments, interject a statement, a quick story, or a quick line acknowledging the fact that it didn't go as planned in that moment. But God is good, and we're going to continue on. Now, this is really more of an art than a science. There's no way that anybody can know every situation. Every single one is unique. But acknowledgement is the best practice if something goes wrong that's highly noticeable. If something goes wrong that only you notice, then we let the little things slide. We don't look at somebody weird on stage. We don't blame people. We don't throw anyone under the bus. We just praise the name of the Lord and we move on. And I'll give you some encouragement here. I'd rather have a group that takes risks and fails here and there than a group that becomes stale because they do the same thing they know they can accomplish over and over and over. So when something messes up during worship, the best thing to do is humbly acknowledge it and then keep worshiping the Lord. So the last one, and this really isn't one of the four, but this is kind of a bonus tip, and that is do your best to prevent chaos from happening. It's kind of like preventative maintenance on your car. That's to keep the car from breaking down. Now, I'm not going to go through all the things here, but just want to plant the seed that many of the things that we kind of think are snags or uh, barriers or issues or problems that arise while we're you know, leading worship or rehearsing together are often things that could have been taken care of before. And I say this confidently because I know in my own life, I run into this a lot. There's a chord chart that maybe is messed up a little bit and, and we did it once. And I think to myself, I got to change that chord chart before next time. And lo and behold, six, eight weeks later, we roll around to the same song and boom, there's the same wrong chord again. And it's those type of things that I would consider preventative maintenance making sure that chord charts are good, making sure that the cables and direct boxes and the microphones are all working, making sure that all the little things are in place and all the details are set. All the lyrics are right, all the presentations are right, all the people are reminded and confirmed. And then when all those baseline things are good and set and ready to go, then if you do have an unforeseeable problem arise, then it's not going to be intermixed with a whole bunch of things that could have been taken care of before. I've noticed on several occasions that it seems like when it rains, it pours. One small thing happens, and the momentum kind of heads that way, and it snowballs into several things. And at times, it creates kind of a stressful situation and a drama with your group. I've often thought of volunteers in ministry, and volunteers aren't motivated by money because they're volunteers. They're not necessarily motivated by promotions because they basically are serving using their gifts. Here's what volunteers are motivated by. Outside of the calling to serve in a certain area, volunteers are motivated by successful outcomes. The more that we are able to uh, do our job well as a worship team, your volunteers are going to find fulfillment in that. They're leading God's people and they're doing it well. So you can stay calm as a worship leader when things arise, and I hope that's helpful for you. Whatever week you need it, I hope you don't need it very often, but it uh, is more than a personality trait, and it's more than just how you do ministry. It's a gift to your team to make sure that you stay calm when things go a little haywire for worship. Well, I appreciate you listening, and appreciate you sharing and rating this podcast and inviting others to be a part of it. 
I'd love to have you visit the webpage, worshipleadertoolbox.com, and I'd love to have you visit the Worship Leader Toolbox community, the small group of folks that we have that uh, talk with one another and, and get together on Facebook. And I'm praying for you. I appreciate your ministry in kingdom work, your weekly in and out stuff. Somebody is noticing. You're not just out there every seven days just trying to pull off worship somewhere. Somebody's noticing. It's uh, people who are sitting in your congregation. It's people who are serving on your team. It's me, even though I may not have met you yet, thankful for God's kingdom work happening all over the globe in a myriad of ways with a myriad of leaders, and you are one of them. And I'll also tell you that God is noticing. God sees right where you are, has you right where you are, and I'm grateful that you are being faithful there, and we're grateful for a faithful God. Thanks again, and I'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Worship Leader Toolbox podcast. We're praying for you and for all our listeners as we keep making an impact in the lives of worship leaders and worship teams around the globe. Before you go, we'd also like to let you know that we have two other podcasts through our ministry. One focused on ministry leadership is called Go Harvest, and the second one is a weekly five-minute devotion called Faithful Friday. You can find out more at harvestministryteams.com slash podcast or go to the link in the show notes. Thank you.